Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Edwin, you know what I was thinking the other day. The other day you were thinking, I can't wait for Friday. And here it is. Happy <laughs> Friday. Good to see you again today, pal. Good to see you. And good to be looking at the Psalms, Psalm 10. I bet you got a new Bible translation to read for us today. What, what do we got? Well, today I am going to read from the CSB that was requested by one of our listeners last week. And so I was actually able to pick up a copy. However, this one's back way when it was called the Holman Christian Standard Bible. So well, uh, Don't date yourself now. It wasn't <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> Psalm 10 from the CSB. Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked relentlessly pursue the afflicted. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings. The one who is greedy curses and despises the Lord. In all his scheming, the wicked arrogantly thinks, There is no accountability, since God does not exist. His ways are always secure. Your lofty judgments are beyond his sight. He scoffs at all his adversaries. He says to himself, I will never be moved from generation to generation without calamity. Cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. He waits in ambush near the villages. He kills the innocent in secret places. His eyes are on the lookout for the helpless. He lurks in secret like a lion in a thicket. He lurks in order to seize the afflicted. He seizes the afflicted and drags him in his net. He crouches and bends down. The helpless fall because of his strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He hides his face and will never see. Rise up, Lord God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why has the wicked despised God? He says to himself, you will not demand an account, but you yourself have seen trouble and grief, observing it in order to take the matter into your hands. The helpless entrusts himself to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evil person. Call his wickedness into account until nothing remains of it. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed, so that men of the earth may terrify them no more. So we're going to get to the end of the psalm now, right? Yeah. And uh, think a little bit about it ending really on a, uh, I think, a glorious tone about uh, trust in the Lord's deliverance and he is high, he is glorious, he will make it right. Um, we are we are low, we are humble. In fact, he's there for the humble. That, that was one of the things that I guess struck me as you were reading verse 17. You have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. When I remember that I am small and I am humble, that allows God to be great. Well, it's still 2020, and so I know what that means is that Monday was like five years ago. <laughs> and so we, we may have forgotten where I we know. started in this conversation. We probably, we, should, we probably should have waited to record this one the week of just so we could have been right out of the headlines, right? Well, we could be. Yeah, lots of stuff if it, on the week this is dropping is have ha- has happened. I mean, I will will have has will had have happened. happened. How, how do we say that when we're recording four weeks ahead of time? I mean, it, yeah. it will have has had happened. Either way, long time ago. So we may have forgotten where we started about Psalm 10 being 
potentially a second half of Psalm 9. Yeah. And that second episode where in Psalm 9, things are not quite right. There's some poor being afflicted. Even the psalmist himself is suffering affliction. Mm -hmm. And so it's calling out to God and has this utter faith that God is going to do something about it. But we move into Psalm 10 and God hasn't done anything about it. Mm. And, And now it's worse. And, and the wicked have gone from bad to worse because that's what the wicked do. That is what the wicked do. God, is his reputation is being tarnished. Mm-hmm. The righteous are suffering. Mm-hmm. And so it's amazing that it does end on that glorious note of faith. In other words, for this psalmist, even though the situation is getting worse, his faith is growing more and more. You know, we said in one of the earlier conversations that that may well be why God is waiting is because it drives the righteous to faith. It Mm -hmm. drives them to their knees. It drives us to our knees that we have to increase our faith in God. Now, the world, of course, mocks us for that. But we who are being saved by the gospel, who are looking forward to the time when God really is going to call into account by the gospel that was preached by his apostles, it it drives us to our knees to rely on God more and more and more and more. And that increases that faith, which does produce this kind of glorious praise. God, I know this is what you're going to do. And, And he continues on with that. And that's amazing. You know, I guess I want to bring this in now because we just, the way the conversation went the other day, it was a point I wanted to make, but just never really got to. We, we pointed out, I think it was on in Wednesday's conversation about the psalmist's main concern was the reputation of God. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that's not the reason why he can maintain his faith is that his biggest concern is not about his own suffering, but about God's reputation. And so when matters go from bad to worse, he's not taking it personally. Hmm. He's, he's more shocked that God is not stepping up and protecting his reputation than he is that God is not stepping up and stopping him from going through his own personal suffering. And, and I think that's when my faith is that God is the one who deserves all glory, mm-hmm. I continue on and I grow in faith. And that's what we see here at the end of this psalm. He does laud God as being the defender for the defenseless. Uh, In verse 18, he does justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth uh, may oppress no more. Well, we've talked about the connections between 10 and Mm 9. Do you remember how 9 ended? Yeah. So uh, putting them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Yeah. So the Psalm 9 ended with this idea, Lord, let the nations know they're only mortal. Yeah. We're they're merely, only merely mortals. Merely mortals. And here Psalm 10 ends with, let them know they're, they're, they're only on the earth. They're not in heaven. Yeah. Heaven is way higher than this. I love Warren Wearsby's comment about these people as he labels them earth dwellers earth dwellers earth dwellers i I wish i had come up with that but i'm glad i got to read it because now it's going to impact me and my thinking he says look these earth dwellers let's remember who they are they're earth dwellers Mm -hmm. they're not heaven dwellers Mm. and you know because the one who dwells in heaven he is the one that matters Mm -hmm. he is the one that judges that is a fantastic thought and yet at the same time frightening when we find ourselves in the hands of the earth dwellers (laughs) you know (laughs) Well, what did Jesus uh, which say? Which the psalmist does, yeah. But what did Jesus say about 
when we're in the hands of the earth dwellers. What can they do to us? Mm-hmm. I, I'm Okay, so they're going to cause some pain. There's going to be some suffering. I obviously don't want to go through that. I, I don't want to act like it's no biggie so that somebody's like, well, I'm going to show him what this is all about. I mean, I don't want to go through that. No. I, I really don't. And yet Jesus lets us understand that we need to r- recognize when people persecute us, the most they can do is cause us pain for a few moments. Yeah. For a temporary period of time, the most they can do is call us names. The most they can do is, well, they can kill the body. Mm-hmm. But then what? Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned Paul earlier in the week. He saw death as a benefit and a blessing because it yeah. meant he got to go be with the one who was in heaven. The heaven dweller. Yeah, yeah he got to be with... And the reason he got to do that is because, okay, now I'm thinking about this. In Philippians, he also says, where is his citizenship? Mm-hmm. His citizenship is in heaven. That's right. So Paul was describing himself as a heaven dweller even while he was on the earth. I think that's such a important thing to hold on to and remember. Uh, whether we see ourselves in the plight of the psalmist and the wicked are at the gates, the earth dwellers uh, you know, appear to have the upper hand, um, or... or you know, or, or whether we just look around us and we say, boy, it just seems like the world is just going, you know, even if I'm not like in a personal danger, it doesn't seem like it's good the way society's working around me. Mm-hmm. There is this citizenship of heaven and there is a king there where righteousness dwells and the hope and the wonderful opportunity to go and to be with him. Uh, that That's something to get up for every day. Ephesians 2 says that when we were saved by grace, we were seated in the heavenly places mm-hmm. beside Jesus, the heaven dweller. Mm-hmm. So there's a very real sense in which we dwell in heaven right now, even while we are here on the earth. And here's the pragmatic thing that means for me. When I see the earth dwellers and I see how they act, I'm not supposed to act like them. No, not supposed to think like them or talk like them, according to this psalm. So what's the temptation? When the earth dwellers are lying in wait and in ambush and mm-hmm. are taking advantage of the poor and mm-hmm. are oppressing and are all of those wicked, evil things, how would another earth dweller respond to that? By doing the exact same stuff. In kind. In yeah. kind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've oppressed me. Well, I'll oppress you. You you killed my friends, I'll kill your friends. You hurt my family, I'll hurt your family. Heaven dwellers don't do that. Mm. In fact, uh, the, uh, this idea of heaven dweller, I, I've, I've heard somebody describe there in the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus' manifesto that we live while dwelling on this earth as if we were already in the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, And so... I, I get rid of my anger. I don't resist the evil person. And I know the automatic response to that by some well-meaning, caring people said, well, a lot of folks have gotten away with oppressing people by you teaching that. Yes, they have, and they will be judged for it. That's exactly what the psalmist is saying. We, they, they, they're getting away with it, it seems, but they're not getting away with it. The Lord does see. I mean, this doesn't mean that we don't pursue what's legal and lawful to bring folks who have sinned and committed crimes to earthly justice. Yeah, and government has a role for that ordained by God. Yeah, but but what it does mean is I never respond to the earth dwellers. Excuse me. I should never respond to the earth dwellers the way the earth dwellers were acting. I'm supposed yeah. to be a heaven dweller. Vengeance is for the Lord's. Absolutely. Yeah, vengeance is for the Lord's. And there's a great, I think, hope that comes here as well, because verse 18, where this psalm ends, that God is going to do justice to the fatherless 
and the oppressed. You don't have a father. You don't have an advocate to provide or protect for you now. But actually you do. It's God Almighty. And he is the one that who is the king forever. Lord is king forever and ever in verse 16. It's interesting to me, too. I, I know the clock's going to get away from us. But he says in verse 16 how the nations have perished out of his land. And again, the psalmist, David, can recall the mighty working of God in the days of Joshua. Well, even in David's own lifetime to drive back the Canaanites and the wicked out of his land. And so God has acted in the past, which is a down payment and a trust for his great judgment and retribution upon the wicked at some time in the future. That brings me in my mind back to our conversation yesterday where I was trying to be reminded and encouraged not to fall for the lies. Yeah, yeah. I see it happen, Andrew. I know you've seen it happen where where somebody who had great faith goes through some difficulty and because they've gone through the difficulty and they've prayed and they prayed hard and it didn't resolve and the time frame that they wanted it to resolve, they all of a sudden decided God didn't exist anymore. I have had those conversations. And what I think this this verse that you just brought up where he says the the Lord is king forever and ever, the nations perish from his land. The psalmist in Psalm 9, that was kind of the anchor at the beginning. Hey, I remember what happened under Joshua, so I know this is the kind right. of God you are. I know you're going to do this. We move into Psalm 10. God still hasn't done it. And it's worse. What's he doing? He's still praying. All that evidence that he presented at the beginning of Psalm 9 is still true. Absolutely, the, it is. The fact that God has not acted the way he thought he would act based on that evidence doesn't dismiss that evidence. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. Sometimes I go through some hardships and, and it's and it's tough. And, you know, I, I haven't been through hardships that some folks have been through. And so the psalm probably comes off differently to me if I were someone who was an oppressed person. If I was someone who had who had gone through that, I, I can understand how maybe even what I've said on this podcast, uh, yeah, it doesn't set very well. And, and I can't be anybody other than who I am. And I can't speak from anything other than the experiences I've had and the word of God. Sure. Here's what I want to say to everyone, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've wanted God to do, whether he's acted in our time and the way we want it or not, all that evidence that said God was there all that evidence is still there. Mm-hmm. My going through hardship doesn't change that evidence. Yeah. And I need to continue to act like a heaven dweller. Mm-hmm. Is it going to cause the wicked to continue to take advantage of me? Yeah, I think it, it is. It can allow for that. I think it is. Um, yeah. Uh, wow, we're out of time. I got so much I want to build off on that. But I think it's time for us to go ahead and wrap up. This has been a great psalm, and there's just so much in it. Yeah, there is. There is. And and we hope that it's been an encouragement for everyone who's listened in and read along in Psalm 10 this week. If you happen to be in the Tampa area this weekend, we really hope you'll come out and worship with us. You'll find all the information about that at christiansmeethere.org, and we would love to meet you, christiansmeethere.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this podcast, for subscribing, giving it a rating. We hope that you can continue to do that and help us get this word out. And uh, just uh, blessings upon you for tuning in in this weekend. Let's have a word of prayer, Edwin. Glorious God in heaven, we love you so very, very much. We put our faith and our trust in you because you are the God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You relent from disaster and you you cause all things to work together for good for those who love you. And yet we live in a world that is full of stuff like what the psalmist was seeing in Psalm 10. There are wicked, there are oppressors, and there, and there are the needy and the poor who are afflicted. 
And Father, because that is continuing on, there are people who say you aren't there. There are people who say you're not doing anything, who say that even if you're out there, what, what good are you? What point are you? That's, that's what the wicked, the atheists, the skeptics, the rebels are saying. And, and there are people who would be righteous that are falling prey to those lies. And so we ask you, Father, to rise up, to demonstrate your justice, to, to call to account those who have oppressed and, and afflicted the needy and the poor. Father, we also pray that you would be with those who have suffered affliction, deep, terrible affliction, that they will not succumb to the temptation to act in kind, that they will treat others the way we want to be treated and not the way we have been treated. But let us always speak up for the oppressed. Let us always speak up for the innocent that are harmed by the wicked. And Father, let us always put our faith and our trust in you. We know that Jesus who rose from the dead is King, he is Lord, he is judge, and you will call all men to answer based upon that gospel that you have revealed in him. We love you so very much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.